Welcome to Where's My Blueprint podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nikai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, so welcome back to another episode of Where's My Blueprint Podcast, a podcast that is all about adulting and our transition into adulting. We are joined today by my other co-host, and it's Sunny D, and I'm so excited because we get to interview her. Hi! So, (laughs) So, as you know, we are all about adulting, and you are joining us in our weekly conversation. And if you guys tuned in to the last episode with our amazing nay she dropped some gems so tune back into that episode five but also tune into the blog where she has updated that and it basically um, transitions us into our sponsor because you know nay talked about on our last one about scheduling journals and planners and so we are sponsored today by uh, divine timing hey guys so divine timing is a wonderful website that has these digital journals and planners that's done quarterly so that you guys can not only organize your day-to-day and the goals that you have, but also it it has really great check-ins for uh, your mentality and your mindset and keeping you on track from a mental perspective. And at the top of the year, January 2022, they are giving all of our listeners a very great discount on any of their products. So you use the code WMB22 at checkout, save yourself not 20%, but 22% and get them for yourself and your friends and you guys get together, get your minds right and start the year off on a, on a good note. All righty. So we're going to get into the episode, as you already know, and we start every episode with a quote. So our quote for this episode is, I have access to all the resources required to live the life I desire. Again, I have access to all the resources required to live the life I desire. With that, we are going to go ahead and start. And with that, we're going to ask her the initial question. Tell me about your transition into adulthood. Adulthood was, is, present tense, is a very interesting journey. So I grew up with two parents and we had our two-story house in the suburbish area in Texas. And I loved it. I had a great childhood friends and doing all the things and then went off to school and definitely thought I was like grown and had my apartment and roommates. And then like, then you got to pay for stuff, not with your parents' money. (laughs) So that was, uh, that was really a learning curve. I I will say the refund checks from uh, financial aid helped the sister out. I'm paying for those now, mind you, but <laughs> we didn't know that then. <laughs> that's part of the process. But no, it was, I, I had a really great childhood and 
getting into adulthood. I will say though, because I think I was so protected and sheltered in a sense, there were quite a few things in the, that adulting brings that you definitely get blindsided with. And even now in my thirties, learning and realizing that you having to relearn and maybe unlearn some things has definitely been an interesting journey. But overall, it's been, I wouldn't say seamless by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely not been incredibly rough. There's some rough patches, ocean gets a little wavy, but if you know how to maneuver the ship, then you can figure out how to watch, how to ride the wave as it comes, you know? Okay. So you said something about unlearning and relearning habits. So tell me a little bit more about that. You are, you grew up with, or is it something that, you know, when you go to college, you learn a lot in college. So is it like what you learned in college? Um, What are these habits? It's just, I think it's just general mindset things. You learn what your parents have taught you, which they learned from their parents. And then the reality is, is like your parents are only doing the best that they can with what they have in that moment, right? And and, And realizing that you give your parents that grace to know that, that they were just doing their best with what they knew. They only, you only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know. And then as I've gotten older, just thinking back on some of the mindsets, like just in relation to self-awareness or even just self-worth, you know, how to how to wear my hair, which I've been natural for a very long time, which wouldn't have ever been a thing back in the day because me and the creamy crack were the best of friends once upon a time. But learning things about my hair texture and what hair beauty is and what figure like like physical physique and, and accepting myself and however it is that I am in that moment, how I look at finances and, and money. And those are conversations we never truly had back in the day because that's not something we ever really talked about. And now I'm just learning better ways to live with and do all of those things. Okay, okay. So when you said something about hair beauty and that you're natural, as you know, we are in a huge shift from, I know when I was younger of like the sew-ins, which granted it's still sew-ins, but it's such a huge shift in our society where a lot of Black women are actually embracing their natural hair and they're wearing it. And I know Callie has a crown act that is in place now, but how did that work for you? Like that that specific transition into I am straight hair or like, what is it called? Uh, Creamy crack, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you're the cream and crack and the then you're like crack. oh my gosh my hair is totally different this you know this takes different like what did that look like <laughs> <laughs> no I get you I get you it's what's weird so like I never really had an like an epiphany of like I'm going to or or make like an actual stance like I'm going to be natural I'm not doing this anymore blah 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 honestly I was lazy like I got my hair permed one time and it was time to redo it you know the roots is growing and I was like oh I like doing all that so I just shampooed it the condition and straightened it and it was still relatively straight and I was like right, I can live with this and then the next wash time came around and it was the same thing and now it's been a decade <laughs> that I haven't like straightened my hair with a relaxer and that that was a process too because I also never did a big chop like I didn't I didn't cut all you know the damaged part off because the girl was addicted to the length, okay? I was really feeling myself with the fact that, you know, it was right around the bra line 
And I was like, I can That's do my whole, little hair. It's a whole thing in our culture. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, right? So I didn't want to lose that, right? But I also didn't want to continue to relax my hair. And so I either got a sew-in or I braided it up. I just tried not to do too much to it. And only recently, like within the last year-ish, well, no, the last two years-ish, essentially this entire time during this Panderosa that we've been in, I really just, you know, I'm not even going to straighten my hair. So I would wash it and every time I was shampooing my hair and I, I just cut off the pieces that were still straight, that that's kind of how I did my transition. And now it's just finding the products to handle and to support the texture that I have and the curly madness that's growing upon my head that I've really, really grown to love. Because I have some, somewhere in here, since I have like 87 textures, I have some really cute curls. I need people to see them. Like this one, y'all listeners can't see it, but like, see what I'm saying? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I see it. I see it. (laughs) Maybe this is just me reaching, but in hearing you talk about like the mindset and the relearning and all of the pruning you did on yourself, like internally, do you feel like there was a connection between your transition from being relaxed to being natural now in the transition that you went through with your whole mental about who you are today? You know what? I don't think I've ever put two and two together, but I definitely think that was a birthing point to a lot of reconsideration on how I view just a lot of things about life in general. And it starts with like, why was I relaxing my hair for as long as I did? And knowing that question and actually answering that question because straight hair is more accepted. And even though jobs tell you they don't quote unquote discriminate, I, I remember this like it was yesterday and I worked at a particular store in the mall as one does when you are a young adult and I, w- I was gonna get my hair braided I used to get my hair braided every summer because let's be real don't nobody want to come to here no one wants to do all that and the heat and the humidity and all that stuff right and I remember I was telling my boss I was gonna get my hair braided and his his concern was without saying the actual words was his fear that it was gonna look ghetto I, I distinctly remember that and I'm like what are you talking about they're like the braids like I'm used to seeing them I get them all the time they just look like it's just, it's just braided hair. Like it's no big deal. But to him, he had a very different interpretation of what that looked like. So when I showed up with my hair braided and he was like, oh, that looks cute. What the hell did you thought it was going to look like? And I remember that specifically. And yeah, I think understanding what the perception is on different types of black hair and knowing what I wanted for myself and being okay with what I wanted was good enough and was qualified enough and was okay to do that. I think definitely was uh, maybe some stepping stones into looking at how I viewed like relationships and how people deal with shame and the choices that you make may be different than other people and what other people expect of you okay again with the expectations kind of like we talked about last episode and knowing that what you value is just as important if not more in some cases most cases I so totally get that you have to look at your own personal thoughts and what works for you and what you celebrate as beauty more so than what society celebrates as beauty or what they think it's best for you. So in doing all of this internal work and this transitioning that you're in on finding out who Sunny D is, what has been the biggest issue you've had in adulting that you're working on or that you have worked on? Working. (laughs) Continue tense. 
it's definitely dealing with number one, recognizing that I do deal with and live with anxiety. And I always have. Now, now that I'm the age that I'm in and I can see things, I'm seeing things through a different lens now, realizing that I've actually been just an anxious person my entire life. Didn't have the word for it, like didn't have the language for it, you know, when you're 10 or 12 or what have you. And maybe some other people, you know, adults surrounding me didn't have that language or recognize it as what that was. But I've always been like an anxious person in the the unknown, the, I definitely sit in confidence with things that I know. My job now, I know how to do my job and I know the ins and outs of it and I know how to maneuver through it. I like like the back of my hand, you know what I mean? And in those instances where it's something that is new and I'm navigating, I always have that level of just mental buzz where I'm like, I'm just ready to know what I need to know. I'm ready to know what what the process is like, what the system is like, and it works like clockwork, you know what I mean? And that doesn't always come. You know what I mean? That's not always a guarantee as you move through life in different relationships and whether that's romantic or platonic, familial work relationships or what have you, there's just a lot of things that you won't ever know some like in advance or well enough to know while you're in the midst of it. So that's been definitely something that's been a tad challenging, not even a tad, a lot of challenging at some points is not only acknowledging that that's what it is, but recognizing the triggers when they come and taking that anxiety and trying to flip it into something that's useful. Man, that is a good point. And so my question for you is navigating this new journey and navigating, especially because, you know, you have your business and you have a lot of different spaces that you are in that is unfamiliar. Right. And saying that you have this one side note in the black community that we don't identify anxiousness or PTSD or mental health. It's like, oh, just pray about it. God got mm-hmm. you. Pray about it. Look. Yeah. God gave therapists. Amen. <laughs> yeah. But how do you deal with the anxiousness and what coping strategies do you have? Because again, I think I said this in a previous episode, you can either be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. So how do you choose to show up every day? Because it's worth it. And I know that much, right? And how I deal with it is being honest about it and not one of those other things that you unlearn or rediscover as you get older is normalizing the fact that I don't have all the questions. And in some instances, it is best to seek some guidance from professional help and go to therapy. And I have zero shame in admitting that I have a therapist and being able to, and thank goodness, I will say this, that I'm in a position to be able to do that because as important as it is, it doesn't have the access that it should to a lot of people. So I'm I'm glad and I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to have access to that. But I think the main thing is just taking the shame away from it and taking the shame away from having any sort of quote unquote problem which isn't a problem. That's just a part of how the brain works and in recognizing that my my brain works in this type of way. And these are the skills and these are the tools that I can utilize to counterbalance and still move forth. You know what I mean? So meditating is a very big thing that I've been doing. I say affirmations all the time. And yes, I know some of y'all are going to be thinking that sounds corny. We're doing the meditating. We got crystals and all that. Yes, I do. Okay, I have one in my pocket right now. It's a pyrite. 
Don't judge me, but do what you got to do. Those crystals will block out some negative ass energy. Listen, I have to bed. Don't play with the crystals and the powers. Cause okay, in in the pocket right here. Okay, all the time. It's always y'all. On. Y'all, she ready all the time okay but honestly though then that may not work for everybody okay if that's not your thing then it's not your thing and that is fine but if it is someone else's thing let them have their thing you know what I mean this is something that works for me what I do know is it helps calm my nerves like my mental buzz you know how you know how when your, your, your leg falls asleep and you know those that little tingling that's how anxiety feels to me in my head. Okay. So being able to breathe and meditate, sit in silence, like legitimate silence, sit in a dark room, like in a closet somewhere, close the door. Don't tell anybody you're going in there and just sit and breathe. That helps quiet the noise. It helps calm the little tingly feelings in my, in my head. Right. So that I can, okay, what is the issue? What are we dealing with? And then go from there. And that helps bring me back to earth. If that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like that makes sense. It helps kind of bring me back down to, to ground zero so that I can know what next steps to move and how to go for Yeah, that makes tons of sense. And as a fellow anxious sister, I know you just mentioned that a big part of it is showing up because it's worth it, but also being honest about your anxiety and normalizing it. What I've struggled with a lot of times is in being honest and living in your truth with your anxious nature, how do you go from not using that as an excuse, but using it as an explanation? And by that, I mean, not stop, oh, excuse me, not stopping at, hey, I'm feeling anxious. It has prevented me from doing X, Y, Z, but moving into the, hey, I'm anxious. It's pre- preventing me from doing X, Y, Z, but here are the steps I'm going to take to combat it. Like, how do you move within those two spaces? Because I know for myself, sometimes it's a struggle not to immediately stop in the paralysis of I'm anxious. This is overwhelming. I just want to sit in a corner with a blanket over my head and pretend like it doesn't exist. I mean, it's a continuous struggle. I very much have an avoidant personality. I will be anxious and overwhelmed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go take a nap because when I'm asleep, none of this matters. (laughs) When I'm sleeping, I have to think about any of this and I'm not anxious Unless I dream about, you know, somebody chasing me, then that makes me anxious. That's really, that's one of the reasons I know that I'm really stressed or anxious if I have dreams that I'm being chased or something like that. But no, it's, I don't have like an exact answer because it's always different depending on the situation. But what I do try to do, and I've done this in the middle of work. Like I have a full-time job and in the middle of the office, I will just, because I work with other people in my office, I will just, I'll turn my computer off or turn my monitors off. And I will just sit with my eyes closed in silence and just breathe. Cause in some instances, that's all I have. Like that's all that I, that's all that I can do in that moment is I'll hold a crystal that I have. Cause I have crystals on my desk. <laughs> have crystals at my desk I'll hold one of those and I will just sit in silence and breathe and if people come and call my name with just one finger up and go away I'm, I need a moment and 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 I think that's important is being able to um in those moments where you're feeling really anxious and you're feeling really overwhelmed which is which for me is very very often is being okay with taking a moment and normalizing needing that moment and I've left work I mean told my boss gone into the office and be like I'm going to therapy I'll be back I have an appointment at 11 middle of the day which I don't know if very many people would be that open or be that transparent with uh people that they work with their boss specifically that they need to leave in the middle of the day like to go to therapy or what have you granted in my industry it's a little bit we're weird (laughs) 
with with what we have to do and what we get to deal with every day. But I think actually to that point, I think that's also another thing is changing my mindset on things that I have to do versus things that I get to do and changing that language sometimes. Because then if I if I'm doing things with the lens of gratitude and giving myself grace, it makes those really anxious moments and those those times where like just I feel overwhelmed with everything a bit easier to deal with because I get to tell myself, okay, Sunny D, you get to do X, Y, Z. And I know this is overwhelming, but you get to do X, Y, Z as opposed to have to do because that feels burdenous to me and it feels heavy. And then it makes me want to go lay down and take a nap and pretend it doesn't exist. So what did you see growing up? Like, did you, was your mom more anxious? Was she more of the like take charge type? Um, I know you said earlier about being very sheltered. So did did your parents kind of like do everything for you? My dad was more of the two of them, my mom and my dad. My dad was more of the make mistakes, fuck it up, learn from it, see what happens type of guy. And my mother was not, <laughs> not at all. I remember when I went off to college, I think I called my dad maybe once a week to come and get me from school. This was my freshman year of college because I couldn't have a car on campus. So to come and get me from school so I can go back home because I had a boyfriend I wanted to see and my friends and stuff like that from high school. And if I needed money, I would text him like I need food. And then like he would transfer money in my account, which now sounds actually really pretentious, but uh, that's a lot that I live. So do with that information what you will. My mother, however, was... If I don't hear from you every day, I have to assume you're dead in a ditch. She was, they're very, my dad was no news is good news. Call me if you need me. If I don't hear from you, then you got it covered. Everything's good. My mother was like, if I don't hear from you, clearly you've been abducted by aliens. And now I have to send a search party. Like it, it was a vast difference between the two. Mind you, she still does this to this day. Okay. Tried to hold me hostage because I was going to Oklahoma and she didn't want me to go by myself. And I'm like, I'm 35. I'm gonna need you to move. Like, I mean, standing in front of the standing in front of the door, because she was like so concerned. We we call her a seatbelt. My brother and I we call her a seatbelt. She'll let you go so far, but if you get too far too quickly, that seatbelt will snap back, and you can't go nowhere, right? So I think to a degree, it, pre- it prevented from me from experiencing certain things, which some things were fine. I didn't need to experience those as a younger age, but other things like the cost of trash bags in my book why are they so expensive like i don't you know what i mean like why are area rugs six thousand dollars dollars for what why why well, why? How? I don't understand these things. Like, and I, granted, this is a conversation I had with her months ago. Mind you, reminder, listeners, I'm in my mid thirties. Okay. I called my mother and I was like, yo, we, I'm literally spending money. I'm throwing away money, literally, because I have to buy trash bags that I will literally then throw away. Why? What? How come? What is this? What is this? See, these are the things that you don't, that I didn't like understand as a kid. And I'm like, this is, a, this is ridiculous. <laughs> capitalism is ridiculous like granted I'm being absurd but not really but I'm being absurd but like it's just it's wild to me sometimes but yeah there were just certain things that were done and I don't think it was intentional to protect me or to shelter me but I know that had I been exposed to certain things like actual like what does a budget look like like what does your bank account look like and actually being exposed to those things a lot of these things would not have come as a surprise to this anxious person in her 20s or 30s and now I'm having 
having to course correct. Yeah, that's wild. It's like our parents want the best for us and they want us not to worry about quote unquote adult things like how much trash bags cost or how are we going to get from like point A to B, but sometimes they lack the teaching of, well, we're going to have to learn this eventually. So we might as well learn it when there's no state as opposed to learning it when there's all the states. Absolutely. Best believe. Because I I came to visit my mom and some friends for the weekend. But best believe when I leave this house, I'm taking some toilet paper and some paper towel and some trash bag. Because granted, my mother only has two kids. It's just me and my brother, right? And since my dad passes, only, you know, the three of us in the immediate family. But she still shops at Sam's like there's a house full of people. So yeah, I'm going to take advantage. I'm taking paper towels and napkins and her 40 or 96 count of coffee creamer that she likes to buy, which she doesn't even drink coffee like that. So I don't know why she bought it, but whatever. Parents are weird. I feel like that is black mamas of a certain age because my mom lives by herself and still shops like she is shopping for a family of four. I'm gonna show how country we are. Y'all know I'm from Kentucky. So there was once upon a time where you could buy like half a cow, half a pig. My mom, when it was her and my dad would still buy a whole half a cow for two people and have them package them up in groups of six Mm. so she would literally have a shrunk wrap container of like six hamburgers and like six steaks like (laughs) mom it is you and my dad why 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 i don't know why she needs the 96 pack of toilet paper there's only two butts in this house i don't get it i don't understand however when i come visit i will take some of those off your hands because i don't want to spend the unnecessary money because that stuff's expensive it well that's not true i shouldn't say the word expensive it's more than i want to pay that's for sure man my grandmother does that too right like she buys in bulk she's the house that we go shopping at right and i'm not i'm will admit that i do that too Granted, I don't do it as much because I'm not going to put that on the plane and fly it out. I want to say in a couple sentences, what would you want the listeners to know about your transition specifically regarding um, being anxious and how in the Black community that is not talked about, but you are navigating through it? I mean, if I could use one word, it would be enlightening because once I realized what my truth was and that I was an anxious person and that I have access to the tools that kind of will or the resources that will give me the tools to not manage necessarily or deal with, but to help me maneuver through those episodes where I do feel really anxious or feel really overwhelmed and how to to utilize those for the good in my life, then it's been really, it's been really enlightening. So I would give any bout of advice, mind you, I am not the therapist, get your own place. But I would advise you to understand that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to take your time finding what works for you. And as corny or maybe cliche as it sounds, you, I promise you that you're not the only person. All, all of us are always dealing with something. And as much as I don't like the word normal, it's normal, you know, and that's fine. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting us interview you. <laughs> I do want to tell the audience that she dropped a lot of gems also specifically with it's okay to not be okay. So I do like how you wrapped that up because we do live in a society that tells us we got to go, 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 go. And we got to 
live in this perfect Instagram world where we're so perfect and we're so pretty. Side note, there's a song that's called Build a Bitch. But um, yeah, like you can't build us. Like you can't build a human. And so with that, I just want to say thank you because you did open up and you were vulnerable with us today. And I am so grateful. Thank you so much for that last gem. I know a lot of what you were talking about specifically with anxiousness and learning how to live in your truth and really understanding your self-worth. As you all know, we are sponsored by another amazing business. We are Sure Refinement. And what we do is we help women move through their trauma and learn how to develop the self-love, self-worth, and self-belief within themselves. We can be found online at www.surerefinement.com or you can shoot us a quick email at kb at surerefinement.com or you can find us on Instagram at surerefinement underscore. And so they are giving our listeners a 20% discount using code WMB, meaning where's my blueprint? Twin T2 WMB Twin for a 20% off. I don't know where that came from, but I just felt it and I just did it. So <laughs> yeah, but um, Go with it, girl. girl, I'm trying grow and grow. Right. I think I said those differently, but whatever. So we are going to talk about Rihanna for our moments of melanation. Moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing. Today for moments of melanation, we are highlighting. So today's moment of melanation is the goat, Robin Rihanna. Fenty. Riri, she's my sister. Yes. So in case you are living under a rock and don't know who that is, that is Rihanna. She is a Barbadian singer, actress, fashion designer, humanitarian, author, businesswoman, as well as many other things. She started out as a singer. She Her first single was Ponder Replay in 2005. I know we all remember dancing to it. Maybe not at the club. I wasn't old enough to go to the club at that age, but we were dancing to it. And she earned her first um, Grammy in 2008 for Best Rap Sun Collaboration for Umbrella with Jay-Z. She has nine Grammys, 12 Billboard Music Awards, 13 AMAs, seven MTV VMA Awards, and she has only eight studio albums. Y'all know we still waiting on R9. It might not ever come, but It is what it is. In addition, she is an actress starring in nine movies, including my favorite, Ocean's 8, as well as doing voice work for DreamWorks Home, which is the cutest little kids movie ever. If you haven't watched it, (coughs) Sunny D, you need to watch it. I'm going to put that on the list. You need to. It is adorable. But Rihanna is not only about her music and her acting. She is a business woman. She is part... Um, owner of Savage X Fenty, which is the lingerie line, as well as Fenty Beauty, Fenty Skin, and Fenty X Puma. This woman has so many hats that she is now a billionaire in 2021. Get them coins. Yes, Rihanna. I just had to say that because I love Rihanna. Rihanna's my sister, and if she doesn't know that, um, I don't know how because we're, we're we're family. But that just made my whole entire heart smile that she's a billionaire. With yeah. 
college degree, doing the shit, figuring it out. She's my role model, y'all. Yes, but not only does she do, do all of that for entertainment and business, she's also a humanitarian guy. She gives back. She has a very own nonprofit that she made in 2012 that funds groundbreaking education and emergency preparedness and response programs all around the world. And in 2000, and let me make sure I get it correct, 17, Harvard awarded her with the Peter J. Gomez Humanitarian Award for her work supporting education, healthcare in the Caribbean and developing countries. That woman is ambassador for Barbados, cultural ambassador for Barbados, as well as now officially a Barbados national hero. So ladies, what are y'all thoughts about Miss Riri? And I'll just say, as soon as Barbados like peaced out of the queen, Rihanna got that crown. <laughs> like ASAP. They was like, yeah, you're our hero. <laughs> as soon as they separated from the British, it was like, all hell, Rihanna Fancy. And I love it. Yes, especially because Homegirl is only 33. Only 33. She this is doing so much. This is why she is my whole entire, like, role model. Like, she's 33, has a billion dollar net worth. But also, even when you hear her speak, she's always dropping gems of, like, encouragement. She's always like, hey, you know, don't give up. Keep going. Like, girl, just do what you need to do. And she's just, honestly, she's just relatable. She is a relatable person that I can see because y'all know she's my sister. So, you know, I can see us hanging out and just like having not just adult conversations, but conversations that will push you forward. Right. Like, but she also don't seem like she with the shits. Like she, she seemed like she getting your ass if she, if she needs to, but she's just relatable and I'm, I'm here for it. Like I'm Rihanna, anything I'm here for it. I subscribe to Savage, you know, I'm here for it. There's just, I mean, this could be an, an episode in and of itself honestly, because she's done so much. It's almost, I have to remember that she was an artist first. You know what I mean? Like forever going forward, any sort of every cosmetic line on the face of this planet has to compete with that Fenty launch. You mean to tell me your first product as a company, you have a shade for every person walking this planet? What? No other company has done that. And now all these companies that have been around for decades are playing catch up. And we're talking like major cosmetic companies, not even just your, like your drugstore cosmetics. We're talking about them too. I'm looking at you, L'Oreal, okay? And CoverGirl and Maybelline, all y'all. But I'm talking like luxury lines, like Estee Lauder and a bunch of other stuff that white people like to, to wear or whatever. I have no idea. Honestly, I don't know. But now they're all playing catch up. And now they're all trying to be inclusive when black people have been wearing makeup for the longest time. People of color have been wearing makeup for the longest time why now are y'all doing it but it's it's almost you know a monkey see monkey do type of thing like now that you see that it can be done and it can be done successfully now everybody has to catch up to her and she will forever be like a forward thinking like 18 steps ahead of everybody else that's that's how she got that's how she got the billions because she's in her own lane she didn't get a seat at the table she built her own and she will forever be queen to me fellow Pisces amen yes yes so with that we all hail queen Rihanna Robin Miss Fenty you go girl most definitely to end this episode, you know, we end all of our episodes with an affirmation. So today, 
is along the same line of Sunny D's interview. She talked about breast work. She talked about positive affirmation. So this affirmation fits right in. It is, I inhale the good and exhale the bad. So variations of that could be you inhale light, energy, health, and exhale negativity, darkness, illness. So whatever it is, when you get into those moments where your anxiety is through the roof, you can just sit and take in that saying that you inhale everything good that should come your way and you exhale all the things that are making you anxious in the moment. Thank you guys for listening. You all can follow us on Instagram or Twitter with Sunny D called the Bird app and subscribe to us, follow us, comment with us, engage with us, ask us questions. We would love to hear from you. And with that, we want to say thank you and we are over and out. Bye. Bye.